Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. He only calls to make sure I mowed his yard. <laughs> no, that's not. <laughs> well, when we started the series, as most of you know, my son calls me Captain Verbose. What he does in 15 minutes takes me 45 and because of words. So I wanted to call it Divine Encounters, Defining Moments. Well, that's too much for him, so he just called it moments. And, and then allowed Woody and myself and Brother Tari to, to develop around that. So we're doing a series called Moments. But to me, it's divine encounters. Because it's only out of the divine encounter that you have a defining moment in your life. And I want to talk to you about two of those this morning very quickly. And I'm simply calling it Chained or Changed chained or changed to unique portions of scripture Mark's gospel chapter 5 and verse 1 and they came over under the other side of the sea under the country of the Gadarenes Gadara and when Jesus was come out of the ship immediately there met him out of the tombs or the cemetery a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no man could bind him no not with chains because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the feathers broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him, unbridled, out of control. And always night and day was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him, and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For Jesus had said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? And he answered saying, My name is Legion. Many. Much. Mob. For we are many. And besought him much that he would not send them out of the country. Now there were nine of the mountains, a great herd of swine feeding, and all the devils besought him, saying, Send us unto the swine, that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake. They were about two thousand, and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and the country. And they went out to see what it was that was done. And they came to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion setting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray Jesus to depart out of their coast. And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but said unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on you. And he departed and began to publish and to copulous how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men 
did marvel. Chained or changed in a cemetery. And then Luke in chapter 13 changes the scene. And no longer does he talk about a cemetery. But beginning in verse 10, he talks about a church. And Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler, the president of the synagogue, answered with indignation, because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day, and said unto the people, There are six days in which men ought to work, and them therefore come and be healed. She had come for 18 years, and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered him and said, You're a hypocrite. Doth not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead him away to watering? And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, who Satan hath bound low these eighteen years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? And when he said all these things, all his adversaries were ashamed. And all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Chained. Or changed. Was startled awake from his sleep by a noise. Instantly he rises from his bed. His muscles are tense. His nerves are straining on edge, trying to hear. Was it that hellish cry that he had heard so often before? That shrieking, that moaning, that unending crying? that it awakened him so often. He listens carefully. No. It's just the wind that's coming off the Sea of Galilee and and working its way as it sweeps through the, the little city of Gadara and through the streets and the towns. Gadara. Part of the cities of Decapolis, the ten cities. A Gentile area. A Greek area populated by Jews. Oh, you remember that portion of the land? For when Israel possessed the land of Canaan, two and a half tribes decided that they would not cross the Jordan, but they would be content with dwelling on the east side of Jordan. And they did it for a reason. Because they had flocks and herds. And it was a well-watered area with much grass. And so they compromised. And instead of entering into the fullness of the possession God had for them, they settled short on the east side. And they intermersed with the Greek culture. And now you'll notice that not only are they raising sheep and cattle, but hogs. It's Gadara. And the wind is sweeping through that village at night. And it sounds like that same moaning and that same shrieking that he's heard so many times before. And when he's assured that it's just the wind. He lies back in his bed. Sweat's broken out on his brow. And he begins to remember. He remembers that man. What did he call himself? Legion. Legion meant 6,000 Roman soldiers plus cavalrymen. What did he call himself? Lots. Much. Mob. We are a rioting mob. And he remembered not only that man, 
But he remembered night after night after night. The shrieks, the howls, the moaning, the crying, the cursing. And then when the city thought it couldn't get any worse, it did. Because now he's not only shrieking and crying, but at night he's running the streets and he's totally naked, depraved. And not only that, he's taking those stones and he's cutting his flesh until the blood is covering his body. In that man's mind, it's as if I lance myself, if I cut myself open and the blood flows freely, maybe that torment on inside of me will find its way out. It's almost as if he believes if he cuts himself open, then some way he can exorcise all that tormenting spirit that is within him. And then this man remembers how the men of the village got together and decided that they needed to control this man that was out of control. Finally, the devils within him and the men in the community drove him out of the city and drove him to the edge of the Sea of Galilee, to those limestone caves on the coastline, to the tombs. For it was there their local cemetery was located. And they would take their dead and bury them in those limestone caves. And so he wandered in the cemetery, in the place of death and dying, in the place where your destiny is buried, where all of your expectations and your hope and the entirety of your life finds itself buried in the cemetery. As far as he's concerned, he is dead spiritually, so he just as well live among those that are dead physically. And not only is it the cemetery... But it's an awful place to a Jew. It's the place where the hogs owned by the men in the city feed. Two thousand strong they were. And they roamed the cemetery. And the only things the hogs could hear is what that village had heard night after night. The shrieking, the crying, the moaning, the cutting. Seeking some type of relief. And then it happened. Divine encounter. Defining moment. For the Bible simply says that after the storm that night on the Sea of Galilee, the disciples bring that fishing boat to the seashore of Gadara. Oh, the boat is being in the storm. Don't you understand Satan always wants to divert deliverance? Don't you understand that the moment God is about to perform His miraculous power, that the devil will do everything within his power to keep that deliverance from arriving for your benefit? 
And so the storm is over. He's still the wind and the waves. And out of the darkness and the midst of that early morning, the night is about gone. The dawn is about to arrive. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes to the seashore. Deliverance has arrived. Divine encounter. For this is the Son of the Most High God. He's not a simple prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the hoped for and longed for Messiah. He is the Son of God. And He drops from that boat. And off in the distance, much, lots, mob rule sees Him. And immediately, the Bible said, he ran to Jesus. Oh, he, don't you understand that the devil has power, but he's not God? Don't you remember that he's not all-knowing, he's not all-powerful, he's not all-present? That's why he's got demon helpers. Oh, and don't you know he's not greater than God? He cannot override your free will. And though this man is filled with 6,000, oh, he might have been lying. The devil always is a liar from the beginning. It may not have been four to 6,000. We know there were at least 2,000 because that's the ones that entered into the hogs. So maybe he was lying. But it doesn't matter the force of the devil. The moment this man exercised his free will and he said, devil, you can try to divert me and turn me aside but this is a divine encounter I've been crying long enough I've been cutting long enough I've been chained long and he made up his mind that he's going to get to Jesus and the Bible simply said he fell and he worshipped Oh, that word means submission and surrender to a power that is greater than your own and he fell and said don't, don't torment me before the time he's in torment and in bondage but he cries out for deliverance and immediately Jesus asked him his name mob much Jesus is already speaking a word. I want you to notice that this man that was demon-possessed, owned and controlled, Jesus never touches him. Oh, you don't cast out devils by touching. You don't catch out devils by your own power. The only authority over the devil is the spoken Word of God. That is the sharp two-edged sword. And when that Word is spoken in the power of the Holy Spirit, you don't need a touch. And immediately, when he spoke and cast out that devil, not chained, changed. All of us, <laughs> all of a sudden, set free. How do I know? Because now there's another noise in the cemetery. And it's not crying and shrieking and cutting. But it's the noise of a revival that's going on. Praise and hallelujah and glory to God. And the man is up running, but this time he's not running from because of the power of the devil. He's running because something has happened in his life. He's had a divine encounter. It's a defining moment. He is not chained. He is changed. And when the men of the city come out, they look and there he is, setting. Restfulness out of, after restlessness. Peace after pain. Solace after all that struggle. He's setting. Oh, the struggle's over. Oh, praise God. And not only is he setting, but he's clothed. Decency after depravity. Decency after degradation. Modesty after immodesty. Morality after immorality. He's not chained. He's changed. And not only is he sitting in clothes, he's in his right mind. 
And, and the word there is sophronos in the Greek, and it means his mind is saved. All of his spiritual principles and priorities are back. It's meaning he's been made a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. He's not chained any longer. He's changed. Hallelujah. I gotta. And the men are awe stricken and afraid. But they look up and their livelihood's been messed with. And 2,000 of their herd of swine have ran violently into the ocean and drowned. And you know what they do? They ask Jesus to leave. You know why? Because men chain, but God changes. And when He changes, He has to be who He is. The Son of the Most High God. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He won't accept a guest room. He wants the throne room. And all of a sudden, they want somebody that is a Savior. Oh, all of the world wants a Savior. Nobody wants to go to hell. I mean, all the surveys I've taken, no one's ever raised their hand and said they wanted to go to hell. Everybody wants a Savior. Everyone wants a deliverer. Everyone wants somebody for our helplessness and our hopelessness when we can't control, when we can't bind, when we can't chain. We want somebody to change. We just don't want someone to mess with our mess and to mess with our status and to be Lord over our life. Oh, uh, Jesus attacked them at their point of disobedience. Number one, they're not supposed to be living in that area. They've compromised. Number two, they're not supposed to be raising hogs. It's a violation of the law. And yet they're living there compromised and corrupted. And because of that, they can't do anything for the man. Oh. But a divine encounter and a defining moment can. Jesus can. Now, quickly, that is a microcosm of our society. Our culture. Because their culture is out of control. It's without restraint. It's unbridled. No one can control it. In the state of depravity and degradation. In the state of immodesty and immorality. Possessed and controlled by the prince of this world who is the devil. Oh, we should not be troubled, or at least we may be troubled. We shouldn't be surprised by what's going on in culture. Jesus already told you what was going to happen as it was in the days of Noah, as it was in the days of Lot. So shall it also be again in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. I know those days. You know the eight things Jesus talked about. Buying, selling, building, planning, eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage. I know what He was saying. Everybody will be so involved in the material, the immediate life that the day of judgment will catch them unaware. They'll be so wrapped up in the now, in the American dream. Oh, don't look at me like that. So are you. Houses and lands and cars and 401Ks and how am I going to make it with health care? And we get so overwrought with living that we forget the spiritual. I know that's what he meant. But have you studied those days? The days of Noah? Violence fill the land. Duh. You think? Every week now, some weirdo somewhere wants to make 15 seconds of fame and kill somebody. Violence everywhere. 
group against group, nation against nation, ethnos against ethnos, division racially and economically, and violence fills the land. We should have known that. He said that. And not only that, he said the imagination of men's hearts were only evil continually. Watch TV lately? Every program in your window, now it's not, in my day it was in your window. Now it's open. Every imagination of men's hearts, evil. The only thing they think about is corruption and ungodliness. Don't look at me like you're looking at me. You know it's the truth. All flesh had corrupted itself on the face of the earth. Every piece of man's flesh was given to self-gratification instead of God. And then by the time you get to the days of Lot, it's worse. It is perversion. It is deviation from the original. That's what perversion is. To be a, to be a deviant is to deviate from what God created. And by the time you get to the days of Lot, the whole earth is corrupted with perversion and that which is unnatural. Jesus said it's going to be like that. The problem is, they're out of control. And where's the church? Living in Greek cities. Living as close to culture as we can... I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Living in Decapolis compromised, moved into the culture, and not only moved into the culture, but engaged in it. Raising hogs. Is it any wonder that they had no power? Oh, they tried. We, we will try some kind of restraint if we can get a law passed about abortion. If you think adding prayer back to school is going to change this culture, you've got brains of silly putty. It's controlled by the power of the devil. He is the prince of this world. The spirit of Antichrist is already at work. And our little laws of restraint, our chains, are not going to work. But that's all they could do. But not his followers. Not those that really know who he is. Because they brought him to an unbridled culture that was out of control, knowing that he is the son of the Most High God. And what man chains, God changes with a divine encounter and a defining moment. Okay, that's, will you let me preach? Because all of a sudden, the scene changes. And you're not in the cemetery where your hopes and dreams and destinies are buried and dead. You're in church. In the synagogue on the Sabbath. That's their church. Every Sabbath day they would come to the synagogue. Wherever the Jews were dispersed, they had a church called a synagogue. And there's a ruler of the synagogue called a president that's in charge. And the synagogue was the central part of their worship and their life and their culture and everything. It was their little oasis of peace in a strange world. And the scene changes from death to life. Doesn't it? We, we walk out of the cemetery, the darkness and the drudgery and the death of the cemetery, and we walk into the church, hope, life. And all of a sudden, the back door of the church opens. And you see her. 
Oh, you can't miss her. You know her. She's come 18 years in a row. For 18 years, she's got perfect attendance lapel pins. For 18 years, up both sides of her robe. You've seen her every Sabbath day, every Sunday. Every Sunday that the door opens. Oh, I know you're, you Bible experts are going to say Sabbath is Saturday. Stay with me. It's their church. Every time the door is open, she walks in. And you can't miss her. Because her physical condition mirrors her spiritual condition. Bowed. Bound, Jesus said. Waited. So much bent and under a load that she can't even rise up. Who is she? No name. Description. The lady with a spirit of infirmity. A spirit of weakness. Who is she? You know how Jesus described her? She is a daughter of Abraham. Do you know what that means? She is born into the lineage of Abraham. Because of that, she is under the covenant agreement with God and Abraham. And you remember what God said? I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you a blessing. I'm going to make your name great. I will bless them that bless you and curse him that curses you. And one day through you all the world will be blessed. She's supposed to be a blessing. And she's bound. Oh, if she's a daughter of Abraham, she's not only under the Abrahamic covenant, but she's under the Mosaic covenant. And you know what God said to Moses? I'm going to make you the head and not the tail. You'll lend and not borrow. You'll be blessed in the fruits of your field. You'll be blessed in the fruits of your womb. You'll be blessed going out and... That's who she is. But you know what she has? A spirit of weakness. Now she's not possessed. Now that's the man in the cemetery. Out of control. This lady's in control. She's exercising her free will. She comes 18 years in a row and opens the door of the church and walks down the aisle. Worse and worse and leaves bound, but she has a spirit that produces infirmity or weakness. And Jesus put it like this, Satan hath her bound. Study the word. He has her tied up like you would tie up an animal in a stall. She is tied to her sickness. She's tied to her sin. She's in bondage to her sorrow. She is wrapped up and tied up and chained in a stall. And when you study that word in the original language, it means to be tortured. It means to be vexed. It literally means to be skinned. To be flayed. Constant pressure of the enemy's oppression in our life. 
Every day that she gets up, she's tired. Every day that she tries to live a normal life, she is vexed, she is weighted, she is burdened, she is tortured by this spirit. That's who she was. That's what she had. You know what she did? She came to church. Life. Not a cemetery. Hope. Deliverance. A place where I can be set free. Uh Uh-uh. You know why? Because in that church there is no life. There's law. But the letter of the law kills. It doesn't make a life. In that church there's form. But no reality. There's ritual that they go through. But there's no power of God. There's shadow. But there's no substance. There's nothing in that church that can produce life. And so though she comes 18 years in a row, she never has a divine encounter or a defining moment. Until this morning. And Jesus is the guest speaker. He's there. And when she walks in, Jesus sees her coming. And immediately He calls her to Himself. He will in no wise cast you out. Come unto Me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And He calls her to Him. And what did He do? Not speak. You do that to the devil possessed. This is a spirit of oppression. She's not possessed. She's troubled, vexed, flayed, bound, tied. But she's not possessed. And when Jesus called her, He touched her. Not law. Love. And the moment that He touched her, the chain is broken, the rope is set free, the weight and the burden is lifted, and the result is she straightens up and begins to glorify God. Wouldn't you? After 18 years, she's set free and begins to shout and to praise God. And the leader of the synagogue's jealous. Hadn't happened in his church in 18 years. And so he gets real pious. Shouldn't work on the Sabbath day. There are six days in which men can come and be healed. And not. And Jesus said, you are a hypocrite. You are a play actor. Don't you understand who this is? This is a daughter of Abraham. She has been vexed and tortured and flayed and burdened and tied for 18 years. And because she's a daughter of Abraham, she ought to be loosed. Why? Because even you on the Sabbath day will go to your stall and untie your animal and lead them away to watering. And if that's the compassion you have, what about God's divine love that sets people free? And immediately she set free. And when the people heard it, they begin to glorify God. Oh, see, the end of the story is the same. In the cemetery, when the man was set free and they asked Jesus to leave, what happened? The man that set free said, Lord, I'm going to go with you. He's got one foot over in the boat, wouldn't you? Don't live in this cemetery anymore. 
My chain's gone. I'm chained. And Jesus said, no, you're not. Don't go with me. Go back to your region, to Coplis, the ten cities on the other side of the sea, directly opposite Galilee, tell them what great things God has done. And he went through all that region round about, glorifying God and showing them the amazing work of the Lord. And when you get to Mark chapter 6, when Jesus comes back the next time, they know who he is. And the Bible said they gathered the sick and the afflicted from all the cities and the villages of Decapolis and they laid them in the streets and they besought Him that as He passed by, if they could touch the hem of His garment. And as many as touched Him was made whole. Why? Because of one person that got changed from His chains. And now because she's straightened and glorifying God, all the congregation is straightened and praising. See, when you're not chained but changed... Then you start proclaiming. Okay. And you say, Brother Bob, great stories. Now, why in the world are you preaching this? Because of what Woody told you last week. Jim Simmel's new book, Storm. 46%. Hear me. And I'm going to close. 46% of people who go to church say, that their lives have never changed at all as a result of attending church. 33 and a third percent of past churchgoers have never felt the presence of God in the congregation. What does that? When I read it, it knocked the breath out of me. I gasped. My mouth fell open. And then I started thinking. Sunday after Sunday after Sunday people come in that door. You walk through that door. Vexed. Tormented oppressed, weighted, tied, not possessed, oppressed, regressed, depressed, discouraged, tied to past sins, bound by situations in the stall of sorrow and resentment. I'm not talking about possession. I'm talking about the fact that the devil can weight you. He can attack you. He can bind you. He can tie you up. Go read the New Testament. There's the spirit of fear and seducing spirits and, 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 and unclean spirits and lying spirits. Oh, don't look at me. I know we live in America and we hate talk like that. We want to make everything a mental illness. No, in the church, it's spiritual. It's the attack of the devil. And what he wants to do is to tie you, bind you in the stall of your suffering and your pain. Because as long as you're tied and bowed, you'll never proclaim Jesus. Whether you're living in the cemetery of the church, if you're tied up, if you're vexed, tortured, skinned, Over and over. 
and over. And Sunday after Sunday, I don't know why they said that about me. I don't know why they treated me like they treated me. I don't know why their words hurt me so much. I don't know why the relationship never works. I don't know why I'm always struggling about people and what they say and what they think. And and, and I'm at the point I despise them. I hate them. And you come through the door. And you're not straight. You bow. Sunday. After Sunday. Service. After service. I I don't know why I'm like I am. I don't know why I keep doing everything I keep doing. I don't know why I can't get past that one side on the computer. I, I don't understand why I fall and fail over and over after the same temptation, the same thought life, the same problem. God must hate me because I can't stand myself. And so, Sunday, after Sunday, service after service. God, why aren't you here? God, why don't you answer? God, why did you make me like this? God, why are you letting me suffer? God, where are you? You must loathe me. And you come in. And worse worse and worse and worse but I want to remind you who you are you are sons and daughters of God and heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ and he's given you exceeding great and precious promises by which you've been made partakers of the divine nature. And you have everything that you need for life and for godliness. You're not in the cemetery buried. You're not in the tomb chain. You're in church. And not because Bob's here, but because the Most High Son of God is here. The King of Kings is here. Jesus Christ the Lord is here. The power of the Holy Spirit is here. And He's come for a purpose. To call you. 
Oh, me? Yes. You're not an object of divine loathing. You're the object of divine love. He loved you so much, He came just for you. And He wants to not speak the Word, but to touch you. Because the moment He touches you, you're free. You're straightened. You glorify God. The prayer, nobody has to pump you up. You're shouting the victory. And all those around you, seeing the marvelous works of God, they're sharing and praising God. If I could sing, oh Lord, sometimes I want to so bad. I'd break out and I'm redeemed. I'm shaking off these heavy chains. I'm not who I used to be. I'm redeemed. I don't have to wait one more Sunday. I don't have to go through one more service because He's here. Not chained. I'm changed. Hallelujah. During the hippie movement, the church in California grew from 15 people to 15,000 young people. And the pastor would give them liberty to do crazy things on Sunday night. Just tell us what the Lord's done for you and do it creatively. So one night they're all waiting and this group of guys have a puppet show, marionettes, puppets on strings. With me? You know, you control the strings and the puppet. and You've seen that. Marionettes, puppets. And he thought, this is going to be good. So all of a sudden, for those 15,000 people, the curtain opens. And there's this red-clad hand. And he has the strings of a marionette, a puppet. And this awful rock music, acid rock, is blaring over the speaker. And this red hand has control of this puppet. And it is moving, herking and jerking, out of control, back and forth across the sage, trying to keep in time with that awful music. And all of a sudden, a white-clad hand appears from the other side. He said, well, my people were new, but they weren't dumb. And they knew who the red-clad hand was. And they knew who the right-clad hand was. And the white-clad hand hit the red-clad. And the moment he hit him, the strings are loosed and the puppet falls. And the white-clad hand picks up the strings and the music changes to amazing grace. How sweet the sound. And the puppet begins to move and dance gracefully. to the sa- He said, my people went wild. They're praising God and shouting the curtain closed. And I'm thinking, all right. It's about that time the curtain opened. And I'm thinking we're going to have an encore. And he said, when the curtain opened, the rock music started again. And the red clan hand comes out and he has control of the puppet. And he's saying, what's going on? And it's about that time, here comes the white clad fist. And my people are into it. And they're saying, hit him harder, Lord. Hit him harder. But he said instead, the white clad hand took the largest pair of grass shears I've ever seen in my life and reached over and cut the strings. And the puppet fell. And the red hand moves off the scene. And all of a sudden, a voice from off the edge of the show said, and you shall receive power after that. The Holy Ghost has come upon you. And he said, that that puppet stood up. And he said they had to show me later how they did it. But that puppet stood up and began to walk 
I want to tell you why you're here. You didn't come by chance. You came because God ordained you to be in this service. Some of you have had your dreams and your destiny buried in the cemetery long enough. Some of you put on a good front and you come in this place every Sunday. Chained, bowed, vexed, flayed, tied. But I want to tell you what. There's somebody here this morning. Jesus, through the power of His Holy Spirit, is in the synagogue. And what He wants to do is touch you. And when you leave here, straighten, shouting, free, whole, delivered. Stand with me. Hallelujah. I know. <laughs> I know how hard it is for you to respond to an altar call like this. I, I'm not stupid. I know. I've been right where you are. I've been vexed, tied, flayed, skinned, weighted, burdened. Oh, look, I've been in church 50 years, not 18 years. I know how to straighten the coat, comb the hair, put on the church going face, walk through the back door and say, blessed, blessed, great. And all the time inside, dying, dying, bound, tied to the same thought lives, tied to the same temptation, tied to the same. Not today. I made up my mind. I am not leaving here like I came in Jesus' name. The Holy Ghost of Acts is still the same. And I won't leave here bound, tormented, or lame. I'm going to walk out of here straightened. Because Jesus has walked in to touch you. To touch you. To touch you. And if you need a touch of Jesus, whatever weight you're bearing, whatever oppression the enemy is attacking you with, whatever burden you're under, whatever you're tied to, you want to leave here free, then I want you to step out right now from where you are and I want you to come and stand here. And the Lord's going to touch you. The Lord's going to set you free. Not Bob, the Lord. Jesus just reach the seashore. <laughs> Jesus is on board the boat. No storm of the devil can keep him out of this place. Jesus is teaching in the synagogue. He's in the church on the Sabbath day. He's here to set you free. Hallelujah. Obey the Lord. Aren't you tired of falling over the same thing all the time? Every time you wake up, it's the same temptation. It's the same defeat. It's the same hurt. The same. Isn't it time to let it go? Be straightened. Divine encounter. Come right now. Obey the Holy Spirit. I want our prayer team to come. In fact, some of you that know what I'm preaching about, you felt the delivering power of the Holy Spirit in your own life. You know you've been set free, that you're straightened. I want you to come and help me pray. Would you do it? You don't have to be a member of the prayer team. If the Lord has touched you and straightened you and set you free, I want you to come and stand with somebody because we're going to go out of here loose, untied. You are a child of God. You're the son and the daughter of Jesus Christ. You're an heir and a joint heir. He loves you. And he's going to untie you. <laughs> and the moment he does, that burden's going to lift. And you're going to straighten up and begin to shout.
because you're set free <laughs> right there in the name of Jesus <laughs> untied in the name of Jesus set free born lifted cut loose oh every weight every burden gone in the name of Je oh, Jesus thou most high son of God <laughs> right there cut me loose set me free right there Lord <laughs> let it go <laughs> I'm carrying it as long as I can I release it you're touching me right there cut it off 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 lift her up right there Lord it's gone in Jesus name it's gone in Jesus name it's gone in Jesus name right there I'm a Oh. <laughs> oh. We resist you, devil, and you flee from us. We draw nine to God, and God draws nine to us, and we are set free right there. Right there. Lord, every weight, <laughs> every hurt, every bag I carried in is now set free in the name of Jesus. Oh, thou most high Son of God. Touch me. Oh, right there. Untie me. <laughs> the promises of the kingdom belong unto me. You never leave me nor forsake me. You love me. You gave yourself for me. And through you, God anointed you, Jesus, with the Holy Ghost and power. And you went about healing all those that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with you. And right now, you're here. Cut loose. Let him cut you loose. Oh, the Bible says in Acts how that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost in power. And He went about doing good and healing all those that were oppressed, tied up of the devil. He came to just touch you right there. He's, oh, He's lifting it right there. Let it go right there. <laughs> oh, Lord, You're straightening her. You're untied. No longer vexed. Delivered. Right there, Lord. <laughs> I know who you are. And I know you're here. And I know who I am. And every promise of the covenant belongs to me. And right now, in the name of Jesus, untie me. Loose. Loose. Oh, hallelujah. Lift the burden, the weight. No longer fixed. Lifted, lifted, straightened. Let the glory of God oh, flutter like right there. <laughs> lifted right there. Lift it right there. <laughs> Glory to God. Lift it right there. Lift it right there. Lift it right there. Oh, Lord. As that weight goes and that freedom comes, praise. Oh, hallelujah. Rejoicing. 
flowing from my life. <laughs> Lord, set free. <laughs> it's coming out of my innermost being. The praises and the glory of God flowing out because I'm set free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Straighten. <laughs> Lord, right now the enemy can't vex him anymore. He can't blame anymore. He can't wait him anymore because you touched him. You've untied him. He's the Son of God. Adopted into your family, a child of the King. Glory to God. Everything God promised is mine. By His stripes I'm healed. <laughs> You've come to bind up the brokenhearted, to liberate those that are bruised, to fix and to free my heart, to open the door to those that have been in captivity. To free me. To free me. And right now the joy of the Lord's coming. Right now, the joy of the Lord's coming. Oh, glory to God. Right there. Right there. <laughs> oh, the joy of the Lord is going to break out. The, oh, the weight's gone, so I can stand up. The heaviness is over, so I'm light. And when that happens, my hands go up. Glory to God. The praises break loose. <laughs> glory to God. Free, 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 free. Hallelujah. Free in you, Lord. Free in you, Lord. The joy of the Lord <laughs> becomes my strength and straightens me. He's here right now. He fought through the storm. I, I, can, I'm, I know. Danny, come on for this way. But I, I knew, I knew when the Lord put this in my heart. Edith's niece and her husband, Romero, has been raised Catholic all of his life. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not, not talking denomination here. He just has a real hunger for God. He's right that close to really coming into a personal relationship, and Trish needs it so badly. And they called Edith and said, Oh, we, we saw on Facebook where Bob's going to preach and we're coming Sunday morning. I knew. Look, if you, the devil knows how to oppress and divert. Try to turn. He, he, when the ship's coming to the seashore with the power of God to change, he, he's going to bring a storm. So sure enough, she called this morning and said, Oh, we wanted to come, but Romero was called in and has to work. I, I knew. The first thing the Lord, the, the enemy said to me was, you know, half the church is gone. You know that. The youth quest. As Danny said, 30 or 40 people. And the Lord said, you're going to preach that. Because no matter who's there, I'm there. I'm in the church to give a divine encounter. And a defining moment so you'll never be the same. Because when you leave here, you're straight. Hallelujah. <laughs> You're free. Anybody free this morning? Anybody can raise your hand and say hallelujah? Pray. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. 
Remember, you can't live without passion.